0: This episode of First Line is sponsored by TrueLearn an exam prep company best known for their smart banks that turn your weak areas into your strengths. I am so excited to partner with TrueLearn because it is the only company I trusted for Comlex Level 1 prep last year and Level 2 prep this year. For my listeners who are taking the USMLE, TrueLearn also has an amazing USMLE smart bank. Each TrueLearn smart bank practice question has detailed answer explanations and succinct bottom lines to get the big learning takeaway. TrueLearn includes first aid References for each question and an option to create tests based off of topics. So you can use TrueLearn to help prepare for your school's tests during the year. Lastly, if you are in your third year like me, TrueLearn also offers smart banks for shelf exams. Go to trueLearn.com and use one of my special discount codes for up to $35 off your new subscription. Special discount codes can be found in the episode description. TrueLearn is the first line solution to excelling on your exam. The Enneagram is all about self-awareness. And if you get anything out of this, you will at least get an understanding about how you might function naturally. And hopefully you also understand that there are nine ways of being in the world. So that means most people you encounter on a daily basis do not see the world the same way you do. Understanding the Enneagram and knowing what your type is gives you a deeper sense of self and then allows you to form better relationships with others by understanding their number and how they see the world in order to improve relationships, whether that's In your personal life or even in the workplace. The Enneagram is not based off of just when you were born, like astrology and zodiac signs are, or locks you into one or the other extreme of extroverted or introverted. It focuses entirely on how you see the world, how you see yourself, and how you interact with others. The Enneagram is a journey, not just finding your number and thinking that's cool and moving on with your life. When you truly learn it, you will never see people the same. You will know that not everyone is the same and that there are different ways to see the world. This is a journey of self-discovery. Please know that ones are not all the same and twos are not all the same. There is a lot of variability. I don't want to confuse you and complicate it too early on, but there are subtypes and wings as well. Enneagram is not something like other personality types that are written in a way that could apply to anyone or that would change depending on the day. You are always one number. Also know that the Enneagram is not meant to normalize or justify bad behavior. It's meant to provide self-reflection, room for growth, and to understand others. I have thought I was each of the numbers at some point in time, and that is normal. That is okay. This is supposed to be a journey to find out what is really important to you and how you see the world. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson, and this is First Line. Thanks for joining me for another episode. The fact that you're listening to this podcast episode probably means you're at least curious about the Enneagram. I'm going to take the first part of this episode to kind of explain in general why the Enneagram matters and how you can use it uh, for yourself and with your relationships, how you interact with other people. Knowing that this way of thinking about people's personalities and who we are is a way that I think is more helpful than other things like Myers-Briggs personality and uh, strength finders and things like that you'll quickly pick up that it goes a lot deeper and has a lot of spiritual connections, specifically in Christianity. I'll first start up to say that I very much discourage anyone from listening to this episode and then jumping on to Google an Enneagram test. I strongly believe that that is not the correct way of learning the Enneagram. The Enneagram has largely been an oral tradition, which means it's been passed down just by word of mouth, and eventually it was put to paper, but we don't really know quite how old the Enneagram really is, but the tradition has always been to learn about all of the types, and then after that, then you can kind of figure out what number you are. I was introduced to the Enneagram in a way that I thought it was just like Myers-Briggs. And uh, if you care to know my Myers-Briggs usually tests as ESTJ, which I always kind of disagree with because the actual explanation of that type seems to fit me, but I wouldn't really consider myself extroverted. And I kind of had a tough time wrapping my head around that someone is either introverted or extroverted. I'm sure that there are people that do have one extreme or the other, but I think most people are somewhere in between. And I kind of feel like that across the spectrum of Myers-Briggs. And I also felt that, well, a lot of times I am ESTJ all the way when I am comfortable and confident, but I'm not always like that. And sometimes I have different motivations and sometimes I could present as more of like, INFP. And when I'm looking at that description of that personality type, then I, I can kind of identify with that as well. So I always kind of struggled with that. And so when I first heard of the Enneagram, I thought it was kind of the same kind of thing. So I really like personality tests. So I ended up taking an online test for it. I was typed, mistyped as a three I thought I was a three for a few years and I kind of heard the Enneagram in passing and if anyone would ask, I would probably say I'm a three. Why I like the Enneagram is that you have one number which is guided by what you seek in life and it's really just a way of seeing the world. There is essentially nine ways of seeing the world in nine deepest motivations that after you determine that, there's kind of a pattern with other people that have that same deepest motivation and a way that they view the world. There's a lot of similarities and just patterns to observe of how that number typically presents as, either behavior-wise, thoughts, feelings, how they work with others, their roles, in a community, in a workplace. And there, there's a lot that we can kind of take from that just by knowing what your core number is. And so in addition to the core number, the Enneagram allows for some movement, some flexibility. And this is how we get people that can have pretty diverse personalities within the same number. I'm going to take this episode to speak broadly, and then I have one episode for each number to talk more in depth. I'm sure most of you would be able to tell me that sometimes it feels like you're a different person. That's because you kind of naturally take on different characteristics, and we do this unconsciously, but when you do find your number, you will be astonished that there are people like you that kind of have these same type of moves in their personality. You don't change the way you view the world, you're still your number, but you do take on other characteristics and energies of another number. The beauty of the Enneagram is that the number you move in during stress is actually the number that you need in order to stay calm, to take a step back, and to heal. For security, think of how your personality changes when you feel completely comfortable. This could include working in a job that you really love, spending time with family, or taking a vacation. No matter what your happy place is, you may realize that you take on different energy that fits another number and that you need that number to revitalize yourself. Some numbers can move into their stress or security number for days at a time, and for others, it could be mere seconds. This can also, of course, vary person to person, and the cool thing about the Enneagram is that it's not just a personality test that you take and then you forget about, like, oh, that's cool, but you don't really do anything for it. It's more of a guide so that you can learn about yourself, you can learn about other people, because ideally you're learning about all the numbers, and you learn how you fit into all of that, and then you can use that for growth. When I am stressed or when I am in security, learning about those numbers will help me to consciously choose the positive characteristics instead of more of the negative characteristics, which might be more natural to lean into. And so a lot of this is mindfulness. Being aware that you tend to be a certain way and then kind of do some self-reflection, work on changing that for the better, especially if you can acknowledge some of your bad habits and some of maybe even your toxic behaviors. So for each of the nine numbers, there can be a healthy side to it and a toxic side to it. And I'll also note that the strength of each number can also be the weakness of each number. But each number is very well-rounded in itself and has a lot of opportunity for growth that you'll quickly learn. I'll also briefly mention, because I don't want to confuse you too much in the first episode of this series, is that there are also subtypes. You have the 1 through 9, and then you can also have three different possibilities of a self-preserving subtype a sexual subtype, and a social subtype. For example, if you're one, you can be a self-preserving one, a social one, or a sexual one. And none of these are better or worse than others, and often it's more of you have a dominant subtype, so there's one that's a little bit stronger, and then your other subtypes less so you can also have like two pretty strong subtypes and then one that's a little less or you can be completely balanced in all three and just because you're balanced doesn't mean that's better or worse at all and that's for each of the numbers that you can be self-preserving sexual or social And that just adds even more diversity. And that's why like I could meet someone else that is also a one, but they can have a drastically different personality than me. However, we tend to see the world in a similar way and we tend to have very similar deep motivations for what we do. And so that's really what unites it. So knowing the Enneagram is really a field of study, and applying the Enneagram is more of an art form. I know I talked about that there's a lot of variation between what your subtype can be and what your wings can be, but please know you are always your one number, and you are that number throughout your life. It never changes. Your subtype can change, and your wings can change, and you can also move from stress and security to the different numbers that are determined by your number, but you are al- always your number. Even an experience that you can look back on and you think that it defines you as a person, that is still not going to change your number. Things like trauma does not change your number, mental illness does not change your number. Many people, when they're first learning the Enneagram, realize that they may identify more with the unhealthy space within their number, and this is completely normal. I promise you that through understanding your number and its healthy space, it will be easier to move into it and unlock what you are capable of. Don't try to be a different number. It's not going to work. It's the way you see the world, and you can't change it. So that's why a lot of times when you try to take advice from other people, it doesn't really resonate with you and it's because you cannot become them, you cannot become their number. It helps a lot when you find role models that are actually within your number and within your means. So stances refer to how you interact with others and I think once you can kind of decide what your stance is, it helps if you're trying to narrow down between a few numbers. So there's the aggressive stance, the dependent stance, and the withdrawing stance. Aggressive numbers are 3, 7, and 8. Dependent numbers are 1, 2, and 6. And withdrawing numbers are 4, 5, and 9. I like to think of stances like extroverted being aggressive, introverted being withdrawn, and dependent being somewhere in between, but it doesn't have to quite work like that because there are certainly introverted sevens and extroverted nines, for example. But this is a good rough template to use when you're still learning. Because the aggressive stance have a more outward focus, withdrawn numbers have more inward, dependent numbers, more than the other two stances, get more of a sense of who they are based on other people, and they are especially relational you're just naturally one number. It's kind of how you were born. We see that no matter what life throws at you, no matter how your upbringing was, you always remain the same number and the way you see the world is always the same. It can fluctuate, it definitely can, but you always have one primary motivation that is driving you the Enneagram you'll learn has a lot of room for growth. It has room for you to move into another number. Each number has another number that you move to in growth, and then another number that you move in during stress. As well as when you go through life, you pick up wings, so you'll get characteristics of numbers that border yours. It's important to know before I go on that we are not our personality types and we are not our Enneagram type. And then all of that is separate from your essence, which I would think of essence as kind of being your soul. And it's very much separate from your brain, from anything organic. This is kind of who you are deep down inside beneath everything. So, beneath your nature beneath your nurture you you are who you are and i would always put this in the context of god if you are religious in any way this is who you are before god so it's very much separate from from the world and so it's important that we are not our personalities we also have our essence and that that is really never touched please understand we're all unique individuals So you will meet someone that might share the same number with you, but they are very, very different. But understanding the Enneagram, I hope you really do take this to heart. You listen to this episode, and then you listen to the episodes that I will have for each individual number, and you at least have an open mind about it. And you might even have to listen to a few of the episodes a few times, especially if you kind of feel caught between a few numbers and you're really trying to discover which one fits better for you. I would also recommend looking at other resources as well, whether you pick up a book or if you listen to other podcasts that kind of share a different perspective. So understanding the Enneagram will give us greater insight into others and what others experience and lead to less judgment of others because we come from the standpoint that yes we have one view of the world but everyone has their own view and no one's view is the correct view. They're all views that have merit and that have space and have truth in themselves. Knowing your Enneagram type does not give you a label and it doesn't put you in a box. Before going into each of the types and how they view the world, I first want to say that there's three centers of intelligence. So the first one is thinking intelligence, and this is the one that's probably easiest to understand because it's usually what we think of when we hear intelligence. So this this is the types that look to evidence before action. They often might scan the environment looking for information and then process all of that and analyze all of that before taking action. Uh, They are often very logical people and unfortunately because they take so much to process before decisions, sometimes they can fall victim to procrastination. These are the ones that are very much brain dominant. It's also called the the head types. And it's important to know before I go on that everyone uses all three of these intelligences, but you will find that one is going to be more dominant. So if you're a feeling type, it doesn't mean you don't think. And if you're thinking type, it doesn't mean that you don't feel. It's just, you're probably going to be dominant in one of those. So. As I go through, try to think about which one resonates with you. Maybe even take some notes so that when you listen to the other episodes, you can start narrowing down what you think your type might be. And this is a kind of a good first step to at least hone in on your center of intelligence. So that was thinking type, and those types are fives, sixes, and sevens. So it's kind of easy to remember because they're all. Uh, bordering each other. So the next is the feeling type. So this is the emotional center of intelligence. They are very much relational. So their intelligence involves people. They often filter the world and how they process and view the world as connections and relationships between people. They are very much motivated around how their actions will make them feel themselves and also how it will make other people feel. And the feeling types are twos, threes, and fours. And lastly is the instinctual type, which is a little bit harder to understand. So this is the instinctual center of intelligence or the, the gut types. They're very much um, in the body while the thinking types are in the head and the feelings are in the heart. You might hear the, the gut triad as a term used. So these people can very much make decisions based off of a gut reaction. So if you've heard the saying like a gut reaction and you have no idea what that means and you've never experienced that before, then you're probably not one of these types. These people very much resonate that they kind of just have an instinct of what is right and what to do. So they they they're often described as like kind of having wisdom of the ages in their body. So they kind of just are kind of one with the world. Not really in their head and not really in their heart. And this makes them very practical. Um, They're very much rooted in in common sense. They're often described as down to earth. And their motivations surround different allocations of resources. So these people might might prioritize a little bit more about uh, material items. So... Here are the core desires. So I'll go in order for this one. Enneagram one, their core desire is to be good and to be right. They are very much driven by in a self sense of being ethical and virtuous, of being responsible. And A lot of times this is something that is very much coming from within them and not as much coming from external sources like other people or expectations. They kind of have this own driven desire to be right. Okay, next is Enneagram 2. And their core desire is to feel wanted and to feel loved, feel appreciated to not only be wanted, but to be needed. And also to be seen as kind and helpful to other people. So very much relational. Enneagram 3 are driven by being valuable and feeling admired. Their actions are driven by their desire to be praised for their actions, to be respected and to be seen as successful. They very much also have kind of an external view that uh, relies on other people as well. Enneagram four, their core desire is to be authentic and to find meaning in the world. Fours are on a journey to find their own specific place in the world and to feel special and to be uniquely themselves. Kind of more of an internal motivation as well here. Enneagram five, their core desire is to be capable and to be competent. They desire to be well-informed and educated, to be knowledgeable, and also to always be self-sufficient. So very much an independent type. Enneagram six, their core desire is to feel secure and to be supported. They are driven by having their life be reliable and to have just a sense of protection and feeling safe. So all of their actions are driven to kind of feel this security. Enneagram 7, their core desire is to be content and be satisfied. So they are driven by this desire to be happy to feel free and to be overall unrestrained. Enneagram eight, their core desire is to be independent and to protect themselves. So kind of like the Enneagram five independence, but this one is a little bit more about the power dynamic. They want to have power over themselves They want to be self-governed and they want to have the capability of protecting themselves and those that they care about. And finally, Enneagram 9's core desire is to be at peace and to have harmony in their life. They desire to feel at ease and untroubled and to also seek connection with others. So very much a, a balance between internal and external desires for the Enneagram 9 as well. You will often find little bits and pieces of each number that resonate with you and others that you're like, no way, that does not sound like me at all. But I would really focus on the centers of intelligence that you think you fit into, as well as the, the kind of core belief and core motivation of each number, because those are really non-negotiables. And then kind of kind of ask people around you, share the episode with them and ask them like, does this sound like me or does it not? Because I think that has more value than just taking an online test or, or any other way to figure it out. I think, um, you know yourself best first of all, but it might be helpful to, to ask someone close to you what they think as well. And it's important to know this is supposed to be a journey to find out what is really important to you and how you see the world so i won't talk too much in depth about each of the numbers but i do want to take some time in this first episode overview to get you to start thinking about which numbers maybe to pay closer attention to and also to rule out numbers that Don't really resonate with you. And if you already know your number, then that's great. I hope you use the episodes to try to pinpoint what numbers other people are in your life and how your number could kind of work with them to lead to a better relationship. And then I also hope that with your own number, you can uh, gain clarity into how you can grow within your number and kind of face head on the challenges that you may be experiencing and feel motivated to kind of grow in your number and also utilize those numbers that you go to in growth or security and also in in stress as well. Thank you so much for listening. Again, I'm on Instagram at First Line Podcast. Also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast. You can reach out for any questions, comments, suggestions, feedback. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again.